Good morning. I am Pastor Roger, and it is good to be with you this morning. Man, there was some energy in the room this morning. It got me all excited, and I was singing so hard over there, I didn't know if I was going to be able to have enough voice to preach. But never fear, I toned it down just a little bit, so I... So I'd be able to endure. It is good to see each one of you here this morning. It's good to get to experience this energy and this fellowship of worship together. Good to have you joining in our worship today. If you're joining us online, we're glad to have you and just hope that you can feel that same energy as you worship with us as well. We are going to be in our series today, Work and Family or faith in our real lives, how we experience and how we show faith as we live out our lives as believers of Christ. And today, particularly, we're going to be talking about how that works in our families and how that impacts our families. Family is terminology that we see throughout the scripture understanding this, that God in His wisdom and in His creative power saw and designed in His creation family. We see it in the Garden of Eden. A man and a woman, God began. And in His wisdom and in His design for His creation, children that would constitute this growth and generational progression of family. Here at Holland Chapel, I especially, this is something that's one of the things that's special to me about Holland Chapel is that Holland Chapel is so family focused in regards to a lot of different things. But this particular to me uh, kind of jumped out at me this morning thinking about uh, of the families here in Holland Chapel that have uh, served as foster parents and those that have served uh, adopting children and and realizing the importance of family for those children that were in circumstances where they desperately needed family. When Paul writes this letter, we're going to be looking in the book of Galatians this morning. I'll give you an opportunity to, to have a few minutes to find uh, the book of Galatians. You, uh, I wanted to tell Nick earlier this morning, thank you Nick for taking the stress off of me. Got up here and had to flip a couple of pages in his Bible to find his scripture. So if I'm doing that this morning, y'all will just know I'm following suit. We're going to be looking at Paul's letter to the Galatians, the churches, the believers in Galatia. Paul is writing to them about the practicalities of life, the difficulties of life. They have all kinds of struggles, just as we have all kinds of struggles in our lives. And as Christians, we are trying to live our lives being disciples and following the example and the pattern of Jesus Christ and learning to live to be like Him. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, he uses this terminology of family. And we see it throughout the Scriptures, but particularly in this context today, since we're in the book of Galatians, I wanted to give that emphasis for us to make this connection. Because when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, which we're going to get around to that here in just a couple of minutes, we're going to put that in the context, understanding that the fruits of the Spirit, I think, find their greatest importance in the context of family. Because our family is the one that see us with our mask off. 
Our families are the ones that see us when the church members are not around. So they're the ones that's going to see the real us. In the first chapter of Galatians, Paul began his letter to these people like this. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. We see, and we're going to see as it continues in the writing, as we move on over a little farther in the third chapter, Paul makes reference again to the family and how he ties that in to the believers. In verse 26 of chapter 3, he says, For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The relationship that Paul paints and talks about as he writes the Galatian is that of a family relationship. The father, the brothers, the sister. The songs that we sang this morning that was praising the Lord and His shed blood and the lyrics of one of the songs in particular that made that statement that because of the blood being shed, we are called the sons and daughters of God. And so, blood in itself is seen through the scriptures as a reference many times to a family connection and a family relationship. We know in the Jewish culture, it was very important, the bloodline of the family, because they related that back to promises that God had made to Abraham. And so quite often they took great pride or had great confidence in the bloodline of Abraham and that they were of that bloodline because they were family to Abraham now. Of course, that can be taken the wrong way and misused, but it still it gives the emphasis of the importance of family. And so, we are all family. There was a very popular song from a few years ago that was not necessarily religious music that we just couldn't hardly figure how to make that work in the service this morning. But we are family. We are the Lord's family. And then we have our earthly families. And as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to recognize the importance of our earthly families as well. And understand that God works in our earthly families. He has particular interest in our earthly families for us to, uh, to grow and to thrive and to bring honor and glory to Him. Matter of fact, in our text focus verse this morning, we're going to see that it is specifically the work of the Holy Spirit to build into our lives what Paul refers to as the fruits of the Spirit. And those things are directly impactful. 
for our family. So we're going to notice that God's purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives relates to how we do family in this walk of life. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, this passage of Scripture is our primary focus this morning. And in this chapter, Paul has developed his message as he spoke of family and the struggles and the difficulties. He used a couple of biblical examples of families in the Old Testament and difficulties they went through and how God through His power and through the work of the Holy Spirit brought them through those difficulties because they chose by faith to listen to what the Lord had to say and to follow Him. And so in chapter 5, he comes to this place where he makes reference to living by the power of the Spirit. And he refers to this as the fruits of the Spirit. And I know that's not an unfamiliar term to you. So we will, we will follow that example and take note of a couple of things here this morning. In chapter 5, verse 16... Paul writes, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions... But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law. Against these things. As Paul writes concerning the work of the Holy Spirit, and as he gives reference to the fruit, the uh, illustration that is used concerning what the Holy Spirit, what God wants to do in our lives, he is talking about the Holy Spirit doing a work that is in our hearts, that is within us. It is God's presence with us. And this is a process of the Holy Spirit's work in us. As we grow uh, in our relationship and in our development with Him. And so as we enter the family of God by faith in Jesus Christ and as we begin to grow and mature and learn those things that God gives us in His Word. We experience the process of the work of the Holy Spirit, building us up, growing us, and Paul refers to it in this sense of fruit. 
producing fruit or good fruit. If we go back into the Gospels, we see where Jesus spoke of this concerning the fruit of the vine. When he talked about himself in that lesson, Jesus said that he was the vine and we are the branches. And the purpose of that relationship is to bear fruit, to bear much fruit. And so you and I are fruit bearers. And that should not be anywhere more evident than in our family life and in our relationships with our family. You notice Nick made reference to it. We've got some fake fruit, some artificial fruit, if you prefer the terminology, sitting around. Grab a couple of pieces here to make a little point with. As we live our lives as the children of God, and as the Holy Spirit is trying to work that work, that process within us to make us more like Jesus Christ, this producing fruit, the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us love, joy, peace, patience, these fruits that are, are going to be a tremendous blessing and encouragement to our lives. And it would be so great if, if it was so simple that we didn't have controversy or we didn't have struggles, we didn't have difficulties. But what we see Paul talking about in the Galatian letter to the Christians is that there are controversies and there are struggles and there are difficulties. And we know and understand that, that God has a solution for that for us and the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in the right direction in the right way. But at the same time we understand that the devil is working against God. That the devil is working against the Holy Spirit. Brother Warren Wisby has a book where he talks about recognizing the devices of the devil, the tricks and the traps that he sets in our lives to try to, to cause us to, uh, to miss the purpose that God has in our lives. And so, as Peter said, the devil is a roaring lion, is seeking whom he may devour. He's always looking for the opportunity to wreck our lives and to cause problems. And so you see, we're not only dealing with the blessing of fruit, good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, but we also find ourselves experiencing this life circumstance of recognizing and avoiding false fruit because the devil is constantly putting out the false information he's constantly putting out the imitation of something that God has made good that he has put out a corrupt imitation in order that he might deceive us that he might mislead us that he might do damage to us and to our families and as we live life serving the Lord and trying to do family, we find ourselves many times in situations of evaluating and judging fruit. Sometimes things are fairly obvious to us. Picked up a couple of pears this morning from our selection of fine fruits. 
And I believe as I referred to that pair right there, that rhymes. That pair right there looks to me like when a pair met a bedazzler. Not too hard to recognize. That's probably not the real thing. But on the other hand, wow, man. Me and one of the members from the first service was talking about vine ripe fruit and stuff after service this morning. You know, when it's just so sweet you can taste it before it ever gets to your lips. Now that pear, that one's just right. I mean, it's starting to turn yellow. There it is. It ain't real. But boy, you could be tricked, couldn't you? Well, for us, we might think, well, I'm not that easy to be tricked. But you see, one of the things that we deal with, especially as parents, but as family members as well, we deal with, as we are doing family, making sure that the fruit that we show to others, the fruit that we show to our family, is good fruit. That it's not fake fruit, that it's not fruit that will damage and do harm. You see, to you and I, we look and we say, well, we know those grapes, they're plastic or rubber, they're not real. But to someone else in our family, to one of our little ones, we constantly would worry that, oh, they don't know. And if they was to take one of those artificial fruit and, uh, and swallow it, we know that it could be devastating. And you see, there's a tremendous danger to fake fruit. Whether it's the plastic kind, but more so, more so, the fake fruit that the devil puts out. Devastating. And so as we live and do family, we want to make sure that we are allowing the Holy Spirit's work within us to produce genuine and true fruit. And we want to make sure that we are identifying the devil's work of deceptive fruit that he would use that would bring deception and difficulty and destruction into the circumstances. You see, the Holy Spirit is working this process to change us. And so we need to be a participant in that, saying yes to the Holy Spirit, desiring the Word, the truth of the Word of God to help us define what is genuine and true fruit. And when we think along that line, when we talk about love, joy, peace, and patience, what does the Bible tell us these things are? How does the Bible define these things? And what kind of fake fruit or false fruit do we have to be careful that we identify that the world is trying to deceive us and tell us that that's what it is? Because you see, the Bible tells us and teaches us that love, the love as that love that God has for us, is a love where it puts as a priority and as top concern the caring and the well-being of someone else and for others. 
And so God's caring for us and His priority and His concern in sending His Son to shed His blood for us was that we could have forgiveness of sin. You see, God was thinking about us when He sent His Son. That's love. Love is sacrificial. For God so loved the world. He cared more about us than he did himself. You see, he sacrificed himself. I think as well the work of the Holy Spirit is a sacrificial work as well. I can just imagine that the Holy Spirit of God has probably got much more enjoyable things to do some days than have to mess with me. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The scriptures tell us that biblical joy is this kind of a crazy, happy satisfaction that we have even when we ought not to be satisfied. When the world's a mess, our our life is a mess, when the kids are a mess and the spouse is a mess and and our finances are a mess and, and everything is a mess, But there is something within us because of our relationship to Jesus Christ that we still have a joy. We still know that the Lord is going to care for us and that those things do not have to dominate our lives. The Bible teaches us of a peace that's beyond our understanding that says it's okay. Even when it's not okay, it's okay. Because God's going to meet every need that we have. He's going to make a provision for everything. Even when things are going against us, they're going to work out just fine if we will just allow the Lord to work His purpose and His plan in our life. And patience is this amazing, willing endurance. And I emphasize the word willing. (laughs) You see, godly patience is not that you wait. Godly patience is that you are willing to wait. You're okay with waiting. You're just, I'm chill. I'm just going to sit right here till God gets ready to finish this thing. I know there's other stuff that I could be doing, but I am okay with just waiting on the Lord to do what the Lord is going to do in this situation. And you see, all of these things, love, joy, peace, patience, all of these things relate back to our relationship and to our family with God through Jesus Christ. And you and I, as earthly family members, we have this ability and privilege through the work of the Holy Spirit to be able to project these same things to our families, to our spouses and to our children, even to our in-laws. I did not hear a single amen. You see, all of these things, true fruit, genuine fruit, is ours 
not because we're good at this. It's ours because God himself, the Holy Spirit, is in us and is working in us to produce these things. And we need to be willing and obedient to the Spirit's work and leadership. And we need to be diligent in that we do not allow the devil's schemes to do damage in these areas. Because you see, the devil offers the fake fruit of love being just a feeling. Love is this selfish attraction Love is this connection of sexuality. Joy is a self-focus of I want. And I am happy whenever I get what I want. Peace is when I won. It's when the Aggies lose and the Razorbacks win, right? (laughs) I'm at peace. If I can just win the third game of the series today, right? The devil tells us patience is tolerance. Patience is just putting up with something. No, you see, God's got something genuine and true. He's got fruit that is the fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit that is a blessing to us. Whereas these false, fake fruits of the devil, they do nothing but bring destruction and damage and wound our lives and our families. In the fifth chapter, Paul said to the Galatians, Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Don't get tied up again in a slavery to the law or don't go back to eating false fruit after you've had the true fruit. Once you have tasted the sweetness of the Spirit of God working in your life and God's power making these wonderful things available to you. You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. And so the scriptures tell us and instruct us as the children of God. Do not quench the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in you to do good. The Holy Spirit of God is working in you to bring good fruit. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not grieve the Spirit. Do not reject that which the Spirit of God is convicting and working in your life. You see, true fruits in our lives are a result of the process of the Holy Spirit working, God working to do His will and conform us to the image of Christ and our willingness To choose what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. To say yes. And so the process is the Holy Spirit is doing His part. Are we doing our part? You see, our families are going to know and our families are going to experience this. I think more than anyone else. 
They're the ones that if we are genuine in our love, if we are genuine in these fruits, then they not only see it in us, but they also feel the effects of it as it affects their lives. Because you see, the fruits of the Spirit, they are relational. They're all about our relationships. The fruit of the Spirit, it's the work of God Himself, the Holy Spirit. So we understand, well, it's got to be directly related to me and God. If it's me and the Holy Spirit, yeah, it's about our relationship and it's about our fellowship. But it's also relational in our contact with other people. It's relational in our family. It's relational in our marriages. It's relational in our children. So you see, with these relational fruits, we can ask ourselves a couple of questions and we can say as far as helping our family in these areas, do these exist? Do these have potential for us and for our family? The answer to that is if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ as your solution for sin to save your soul, then the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit comes to us and indwells us and is a seal or a verification of that relationship. That He is our Father and that we are His children. And as the song said, by the blood of Jesus, we are the sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit confirms that. And so we have this Holy Spirit's presence and this potential within us to grow and mature and to develop these things and have them to affect and influence our family as well. If you are a child of God, then you are to be a disciple of God. Whenever Paul was writing to the Galatians, he made reference to the, the fact that they, having been baptism, had followed in the example and the pattern of Jesus Christ. And so they said, I want to be a follower, I'm a disciple, I want to be identified with Jesus Christ. And as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is that process of growing and maturing to be like Him. The question then comes as far as the fruits being relational are they active? Are they active in our lives? Are we, as family members, are we bringing into the family? Are we bringing into the relationship? Are we bringing in good fruit? Are we bringing in ripe fruit? Are we bringing in sweet fruit? Or are we bringing in Fake stuff. Ah, be careful. It's not about the flash. It's about the taste. Eat some of that stuff and it'll mess up your digestive tract. Isn't that a contrast? The fake stuff does one damage, the real stuff helps. Inner fruit. You see, 
The fruits of the Spirit impact us as individuals. It's great for us to experience and know the love of Christ. It's great for us to experience the peace and the joy and the patience that can be ours. But you see, in this relationship thing, the fruit of the Spirit also has an outward effect to others. And how our spouses and our children and how our families how they experience our love, how they experience our joy, how they experience our peace, how they experience our patience. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit is working within us because our families are important. And we have this great opportunity to share. We have one of our pastors here on staff, Pastor Pineapple Todd. Todd's, Todd's fruit is pineapple. He likes the pineapple. He has shared with us some information about the pineapple, how sweet they are, how great they are, how healthy they are. But he's also shared those pineapples with us as well. I know on one occasion Todd gave me one of those pineapples. He shared his pineapple with me. And that dude took that thing home, sliced, chopped, diced, carved, beat, hammered. You know, them things are tough on the outside. But boy, they're sweet on the inside. Man, good stuff. Is our spiritual fruit being shared? Are we sharing genuine, true spiritual fruit and its sweetness in our families? If we're not, we're letting some kind of false fruit take its place. And as the servants of God and the children of God, we need to recognize that the fruits of the Spirit are powerful and that they can meet every need of every circumstance and situation that we experience in our lives and in our families. You see, Paul told the Corinthians in all of the struggles that they were dealing with in Corinth, he said, the one thing that will never fail is love. One of the fruits of the Spirit. One of the very things that God is working to develop in me and you, he told the Corinthians, that will never fail. It'll always be sufficient. It'll always meet the need. So you see, the fruits are powerful in our lives. The fruits are also a measure of our likeness to Jesus. The scripture tells us the work of the Holy Spirit is to grow us and to mature us in order that we would conform to the image of Christ, that we would be more like Him, that we would be more like our Savior, and to enable us to focus on what God's purpose is for us in His kingdom work. You see, we we can very easily become preoccupied with all of the difficulties and the struggles of life. And usually, if they're not the cause of it, 
They're the ones that catch the brunt of it, usually our families. Whenever things are hectic at work, whenever finances are difficult, whenever there's problems of some sort, doesn't it seem like our families are the ones that are impacted more so than anybody else? But you see, the power of the fruit of the Spirit is that in spite of the problems and in spite of the difficulties, God has purposed that He Himself, the Holy Spirit, will work in us something that will give us the power and the ability to have victory and to overcome the difficulties and the struggles. And if, listen, if something can take away the struggles and the difficulties, that lets me focus on what God calls me to do. That allows me to focus on the gospel and sharing it with others so that they can taste the fruit, so that they can experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives as well. And so that the kingdom of God can be furthered and expanded. You see, this is what the Lord does in each one of us as we come to accept Jesus as our Savior. But it's dependent on our choice and our willingness to receive the Lord's Spirit as He leads. Each one of us have this opportunity, each one of us have this privilege, and each one of us have this choice that we can make. I'd ask this morning that you seriously consider today, what is God's Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit trying to work in your heart today? If you're a child of God, the Lord wants to develop these qualities in you. And if you're not a child of God, the Spirit this morning is also calling and wooing you to come to Him. To experience the forgiveness of sin. To become a member of the family of God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and find the forgiveness of sin. And began to know and experience what genuine and true love, peace, joy, and patience is. It's your opportunity and it's God's calling and God's purpose for you and for your family. Father, as we come to you this morning, I just ask your blessings on your word as we have studied, as we have considered this message today. Allow us, Lord that we would recognize and give ourselves to your will. Father, help us to choose that which you desire to work out in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.